Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're back for our season three wrap up. Aaron, I know that involves a lot of feedback. Hopefully we have a ton because I know we haven't been doing too much of it during the season. How's it looking? Yeah. Yeah, we got a good we got a good wrap up podcast. I started things last week by mentioning the one thing I hope to see next season is Mando with the new ship. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was curious to see what everybody else wanted from our taciturn, laconic bounty hunter and his young charge. Uh, first up was Mel from Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> she has one burning question. What is the laundry situation? We've only seen Mando and Grogu in the same clothes for years. Grogu's little sack outfit drags the, the dirt and the mud. We've seen him puke up bits of blue cookie plus whatever crumbs and goo that babies get on him. Jam hands. You know he's got jam hands. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Mando himself must surely be a bit ripe, a strong, manly musk at best. He must get sweaty in all those flights wearing layers of clothing, presumably heavy armor. He's bathed fully in the clo- uh, fully clothed in living waters which might have cleaned him a bit, but then the clothes dried on him, which he carried on the adventure, and the inside of his helmet just must be horrific. I do not want to imagine a nightmarish smell in the little cockpit as they travel around the galaxy. Maybe now that they have a little house, Mando can attend to their personal hygiene. Curious about your thoughts on this very important question. Thanks for your coverage, and I love it. Well, thank you, Mel. Um, you got any thoughts on the laundry situation in a galaxy far, far away? All I can picture is... Mando standing buck naked except for his helmet next to the washing machine waiting for his clothes to finish. Yeah. Does he wash his clothes in the butt in the helmet? You know, he just fills it for a little bit in the <laughs> sure. You know, gets it gets gets it all saturated, pounds it on a rock mm-hmm. like an old settler pioneer. No, I yeah, I mean it must this is what I think this so okay let me let me go far afield let me really tangent here i have never understood why we as a civilization have felt the need and and carried it out as best we could to replicate sounds and sights but not smells we have no mechanism in this world for replicating smells like saying i'm going to record a smell that i smell and i'm going to reproduce it for for later consumption I Why? think it's because I think it's because like the hearing and sound are essentially our eyes and ears picking up, you know, uh, waves, you know, whereas mm-hmm. like taste and touch and smell involve something thing. touching. Yeah, it's, it's a molecule hitting your nerves in your nose. It's mm-hmm. a molecule hitting your taste bud. You, we don't have a way to like just put that out on a wave but why not but why not why can't we reproduce that accurately why can't we get a a mechanism that we attack like headphones right like you stick headphones on your ears what if you had nose phones 
<laughs> nostril <laughs> so, phones. Yeah, and, and it has like charge recharge like printer cartridges of like complex organic compounds uh-huh. and and you and, yeah, and uh, you combine those in esters, different ways. Esters, that's like the stuff that like you know carries yeah, the essence of the smell. Like, why yeah. have we not invested any? It, you know what? It's because we don't convey information via smells. Mm. We have we have not developed a system of communication that involves smell, whereas we have with sight and sound, and so we find it more important. But God but damn it, I want to know what Baby Yoda smells like. It's powerful. Like you, we do communicate. Like if you smell the like the the stench of rotting flesh, it like set you know like there's like uh it 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 makes you uneasy. Like there are like very primitive things communicated through smell and taste. Uh, they, they can be, but we as a society have not developed a system around that right can you imagine in a horror show when you walk into like you know when he's slaughter and like it's always like what do you hear when when you open the door and there's like blood slick on the floors it's always the buzzing of flies right mm-hmm. you hear that mm-hmm. like but imagine if the overwhelming stench as yeah. soon as that door swung open just filled the theater i Tell actually i don't you. know I, I i think your idea Ca- sucks now came Jim. through I your just, nose I, I just well, I well you're going that. to the worst possible place. What if it was the smell of a rose, right? What if it was the sound of music and you're dancing through the fields and you want to ah, smell the, the smell of the fresh and... air? Yeah, come on. Finally, Does it have to be rotting what, corpses. What Julie Andrews smells like? There we you go. You know it's got to be good. You know it's got to be real good. It's got good and wholesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's my th- my take on this, because you always think in terms of like the future of like the technology, right? Transporter technology, replicators, sure. lightsabers, turbo lasers, faster than light travel. There's this one Star Wars novel that I can't remember the exact situation, but Data got stranded on a primitive world that had some kind of gods uh, that to petition them, you had to run through some sort of labyrinth uh, of survival where they would try to kill you. It's like this kind of killing game. Um, and data was with this primitive woman and she was guiding him through it. And it was a largely told from her point of view, which was really interesting. Like this primitive woman regarding this, uh, person that she didn't know was an Android yet. Uh, she, she, she will eventually understand, but like, um, she, she was the, the thing that really impressed her was his clothing. Like there's a scene where like, uh, they find a river and data cleans his uniform, and it's like stained and burnt and like disheveled and wrinkly. And he just like takes his uniform tunic off and like rinses it through the water and kind of shakes it. And, and and it instantly like she just all the dirt just sloths off of it. And it and it comes out of the water looking new and he kind of shakes it a couple times and it's bone dry. And he puts mm. his Star Trek uniform on and she just like, oh, my God, if I had fabric like that, can you? And I thought it's like, you know, you never think about like what 24th century fabrics might sure. be able to be capable of let alone 10,000 years of development like they have in Star Wars because like think of what what we've what, what we've done since we've invented like spandex lycra and Gore-Tex like how that's been a huge change yeah. in like so like I wonder if like I know it's kind of fun but like what if it just isn't a problem like you like just the shirt he's wearing is basically like standing in a shower all day it's like, yeah, antimicrobial, micro- because that's what most of the stink comes from. It's uh, mm-hmm. bacteria in your body breeding and creating odors. So, like, what if it's all antimicrobial or it's woven too thick for, like, dirt to, like, stick to it? It just, like, you know, it just, just can't even penetrate the fibers. Like, I, that's, I always think that, like, yeah, they're just, used, they're just next level textiles. All right. I can see it. Uh, Fred Hurley from uh, New York says, as a Rebels fan, I think you're going to be pretty happy with how Thrawn is presented in the future. I also think you're going to like Ahsoka. 
The back half of Rebels is honestly some fantastic Star Wars. You're going to love Sabine Wren not pushing you to watch Rebels. Good. Good. Because <laughs> I was getting worried there for a minute. I'm just trying to give you hope. A new hope, if you will. Mm. I see what you're doing there, Fred. Uh, I think Thrawn is the Thanos of the next phase of the Star Wars timeline. He's the big bad in Ahsoka. He'll be the baddie in Mando Season 4, and he'll probably be the big bad in some movies. I think he'll get the treatment he deserves since they need him to be a plausible threat for the whole phase. I think this is a good way to look at it, and it feels like the Star Wars universe has been clumsily stumbling around looking for that Infinity War in-game thing and that they was, can do. It was in front of them all along. Standing yeah. right there. Yeah, all the shit that you tried to throw into the ash bin of Star Wars history and rebrand as Legends. Turns out there's some good stuff in there. It's like a Freddy Prince Jr. movie where the 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 nerd was what you were looking for all along, Freddy. Uh, he says, as one of those cartoon watchers, I did like the Darksaber fate. Uh, had served its purpose. It did unite the Mandalorians. Without it, those two groups aren't going, uh, aren't both on board, and they needed both to win. Seeing Bo-Katan's charge of the Darksaber out, the united Mandalorians behind her on the cusp of retaking Mandalore was the culmination of a character arc that spanned parts of seven, 11 seasons of television and 30 years of in-universe time. The Darksaber served its purpose, and now to forge a united future, they needed to move beyond it and all the baggage it brings. It was a great moment. Did people not like the ring going through the lava because it had been such an important symbol? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, uh, Yeah, I'm glad because, like I said, I saw a lot of people that were pissed about it, and to me, this, yeah, like, you got the same experience, and it's like it seems like it's the inevitable thing that should have happened, especially when Moff Gideon's taunting you about your reliance on trinkets right sure yeah it's a, it's a um, thing to overcome not a thing to hold on to and that Bo-Katan charge with the Darksaber it's really fucking cool mm-hmm. like they're she's, she's there leading the charge with her backpack her jetpack blazing dozens of Mandalorians behind her doing the charge it's exciting stuff uh, Yamail says hey guys I love the show well, thanks I think Mando and Baby Yodes will absolutely be in a Soka series for at least one and a half episodes, just like the Book of Boba. Uh-oh. I also okay. think season four will be Mando teaching Baby Yoda how to be a bounty hunter for the first two, maybe three episodes. Then they'll get involved in a New Republic story arc with Te- Tevis that will lead to the Filoni movie. I think it will also get a lot of scenes featuring Bo-Katan being a uniter on Mandalore, maybe even full episodes worth. The title of the show is The Mandalorian. That doesn't necessarily mean Din only. The last weird internet theory that I came across, Moff... Okay, let's start with there. What do you think about them continuing to interleave the plots of these, like, so many cards in a deck? So I've been encouraged by the things that I've heard uh, about the goings-on behind the scenes around Boba Fett. Um, From what I understand, the double Fs were not happy with being forced by Disney to interleave these things in this way. And Disney has, I think, eaten a little bit of humble pie here with the Star Wars uh, canon, with them doing the movies and those being ill-received and the series being poorly received um, for the most part. And I think them saying, okay, we're going to take a step back, stop producing so much content is them acknowledging that, that they have been kind of messing up. So I'm hoping that the double S will have a little more power to get, cause I, from what I heard, they, they were not happy about 
the way there's the actually feedback to that point like. that we'll be considering yeah yeah so, so if they get a little bit more say in the production of uh, the, the storylines of the next several series there might they might actually be able to correct that um so i'm actually hopeful that disney has has noted okay we have not done the best job on this maybe we should leave it to the people who were saying this is a bad idea yeah yeah, and I, I, I look. I don't think the lesson is you can't have Baby Yoda and Mando in Ahsoka. Um, sure, because certainly in the Marvel recipe was not. Oh, we can't have ever characters playing together. It's right. just you can't have a defining moment for those characters happen in someone else's show. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to have an episode where Ahsoka uh, gets up, uh, gets with the Mando and Grogu, and they do an adventure, fine. But you can't have Din Jaren teaching baby Yoda to be a bounty hunter and then he comes back Mando season four with a fucking helmet and a wrist launcher and a rock and a rocket pack you can't you can't do that you mm-hmm. got to have that shit in Mandalorian uh once B- B- Grogu becomes a bounty hunter then if you want to peel them off and have them do hunt a bounty over in Ahsoka or wherever fine but you just can't have the defining arc of a character happen in someone else's show. And that's the thing yep. where they get in trouble. Cause if it's just some rando adventure that adds a little color to Ahsoka storyline, no one's going to give a shit about missing it if they do. Mm-hmm. But you know, if they come back and feel like what the fuck happened, you know, last I knew he was getting kidnapped by Moff Gideon. What the hell's going on? That's the shit you can't, that they can't happen. Yeah. Um, and they know this, that's the weirdest thing about it, right? They know that. They've yeah. done it right in the Marvel franchise forever. Why can't they do it right here? But I don't think I don't know that it was intentional. I wonder okay. if yeah. it was something they just kind of lucked into because that's kind of apes. You know, is that is that something like, yeah, like Jack Kirby and Stan Lee figured out in the 60s that like, hey, you know, Maybe. you can have Spider-Man with uh, the Fantastic Four. You just can't have uh, Rex Reed getting married to an invisible woman in Spider-Man. You just can't do it. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, you got to have that in a Fantastic Four. Uh, that's my Stan Lee or Jack Kirby. Not sure. <laughs> uh, it's just one of the baseline things they brought into it, and it was never really spoken about. It's yeah, just so like, all the Marvel comic plot lines yeah. kind of go that way. Even the big crossovers, like, you know, mm-hmm. they have, you know, that's when, and that's the other thing, Marvel. Sometimes they would have just crossover issues that weren't like X-Men and they weren't Spider... It was just like the Secret Wars or whatever. And that's kind of so like... Then you have a book that everybody... All the fans of various... Bring, and it's it's smart because it gets people... Buy, you, 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 you're a big fan of the X-Men. You want to see what's going on with the Secret War. But then you get introduced to Spider-Man and Thor and Iron Man and all these other guys. And you're like, oh, I kind of like Iron Man. I might start reading Iron Man's monthly. It's a good way to cross-pollinate. But if you just... You know, Iron Man invents a new fucking armor and mighty Thor and he comes back with us uh, and and the Iron Man fans are like, what the fuck? I missed this bit. That's, that's how you piss people off. So they might have just got that baked in for free on Marvel and they had to learn it mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Um, but so I don't that's know. the only theory that makes any real sense to me there. Because I don't know. Yeah, why not? Especially when you have people arguing for it, you know. We have to rid this planet of enemy sorcerers. We'll be right back. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Beskar belongs to the Mandalorians. This podcast belongs to you. Here's more Tribe of Two. Uh, what else? Um, oh, about the thing about the, the Mandalorian. It doesn't necessarily mean... Gen- I think that's true, but like, I also don't think it can mean Mandalorians generically. I think that the way I... And this is just a personal opinion. This isn't a right or wrong way. But in my mind, when I when the Mandalorian is over, and I think about it, the sweep of the the season, the the seasons, I want to think like, oh, that's the Mandalorian, and it doesn't have to be the the it doesn't have to be Jin Jaren. It could be probably Grogu. It could be Bo Katan. But someone has to be mm-hmm. the man because it's not the Mandalorians. It's not Mandalore. It's not Mandal. It's the Mandalorian. So I do think they should have an idea of who's this story is really about. And I think it's baby. I think it's baby Yoda. Yeah, it's possible. We'll see. Um, one last weird internet theory that I came across getting back to email, uh, Moff Gideon had a mustache in seasons one and two, but not this season. We also observed his clones didn't have mustaches. People are assuming the Moff in this season was a clone. In the words of my coworker, fuck that. I hated that guy. Don't want him back. Any thoughts on Moff mustache gate? Uh, so is, it, is this all just to say like the real Gideon is still out there? Like you didn't actually kill so. him? Okay. And, and here's my thing is like, I thought the second they show a room full of identical copies of this dude, and then him being sh- dead five minutes later, I'm like, oh, well, that's potentially a clone. <laughs> this mustache shit is making me think that it's like not only are they keeping it a possibility open, but they're intending like this. This smacks mm-hmm. of like, oh, we're actually oh, the other idea is like, uh, uh, you know, Giancarlo Esposito just just shaved. Sure. But yeah, th- they've been giving people fake mustaches in Hollywood ever since they started collecting photons on film. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want this to become like the perennial thing where Moff Gideon looks like he's captured, looks like he's dead, and he keeps coming back. Especially when you have Thrawn in the mix. Like, I don't. That's if you're gonna throw Thrawn in, what do you need Gideon for, really? Yeah, Gideon's like a lesser. So yeah, that's the one thing that's going against the Moff Gideon theory. Um, unless Thrawn is you know the bad guy in the Ahsoka series and and the future series but Gideon is like the main bad guy in Mandalorian well but imagine if they keep this uh, Grogu thing going and we go through like Grogu goes through an arc like uh, Groot does in the Guardians of the Galaxy where he starts off as a little baby and then he becomes a toddler and then he becomes a uh, a, a little kid and then he turns into a surly teenager and he has his own little arc over the next couple years right like, it would be kind of sick to bring Moff Gideon back when you get adult Grogu. Like, young adult Grogu, his final hurdle is <laughs> the guy that started all this so long ago mm-hmm. and has tormented him so much and has tried 
and, and it's kind of an interesting symmetry because Gideon's whole purpose is to bring the best of all the things that he sees as a threat to the Empire. Yeah, he wants the Jedi's yeah. force. He wants the Mandalorian's armor. He wants the clone technology. So, And Grogu might be all those three things. Mm-hmm. So it, it make a lot of thematic sense to like, yeah, Thrawn is the galactic threat, but Moff Gideon is Grogu's final boss. I, I like that. And it, I will say it also felt pretty anticlimactic to say, Haha, I am the new evolution of the Dark Trooper. And then just kind of like incidentally <laughs> do away with that, right? Like, yeah, it, that wasn't the point of the scene. That scene, it wasn't like, right. aha, we feeded the d- Dark Troopers forever and they'll never be back. It was like, right. well, a, a potential clone of Gideon died. So, yeah, yeah, it would be pretty disappointing for that to be all the Dark Troopers amounted to. Well, especially since Flash clones are like a thing that is in the Star Wars um, uh, legends now. Like that, I remember there was one particular Death Star designer that uh, one of the, the 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 books delved into that Palpatine loved torturing this guy to death. Jeez, like he would torture him to death with the Force, and then his la- mm-hmm. his his he would die, and then he would be automatically like like a cloning tank would would open, and his naked body would spill onto the floor right beside his smoking corpse. And the Emperor is like, "Next time, do better." And like, I kind of like the idea of like, yeah, like if the Dark Troopers are these clones that are like you you know you if you kill one of them it's like the guardians and destiny it's like well you just made them that harder to kill next time because that's a wrinkle they got on their ass and they'll you know it's, mm-hmm. it's like they'll just get better and better as warriors because even death can't kill them that's a cool idea that's a cool mm-hmm. idea okay let's delve into some of this rumors behind the scenes book of boba mando the double f's okay. uh raging against the mouse christine says if the rumors are to be believed favreau was livid about having the mando and grogu reunion happening in book of boba fett it was kathleen kennedy and the executives at disney that insisted on it so they're able to capitalize on grogu being there with mando in season three He's also forced to do things like add the hot rod Vespas because sales want to make action figures. It sounds like there's a lot of tension during this time between Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy to the point where he allegedly said, fuck it, let them do whatever they want for Book of Boba. I'm hoping that Disney felt the backlash for Book of Boba and we won't have to do these sorts of clashes affecting future Star Wars endeavors and storylines. Man, so like I'm at... Whenever I hear this kind of internet stuff, I think I think two things. Number one, um, I've spent a long time championing the causes of women and cheering on my sisters as they find success in television and film and computer science and STEM and just generally whatever the fuck they want to do as complete human beings. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. And I hope because of that history... It won't come across as horribly misogynistic to say fuck Kathleen Kennedy because she seems like she's uniquely bad at her job. She hates Star Wars. And just as a woman can do as many great things as a guy, they can fuck up just as big as any man. And I think she's fucked up. And I can't believe she still has her job. Yeah, I can't fucking believe she still has her job. And I don't think that Kathleen Kennedy is the woman who needs your support and your champion. True. Right now. And and also to keep it fair and pretty high. To keep it fair and balanced, George Lucas did a perfectly great Uh job of fucking up star wars before uh some fucking woman ever got her hands on it so but 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 the internet does not have a long history of championing women's causes i always get a little suspicious when i hear these just so stories of like the fanboy's favorite creator 
mm-hmm. dueling uh, with the evil witch who's taken over our Star Wars Whoopi, and he she's running to the ground and he's raging. No, you can't do this because, like, honestly, honestly, the Technicolor Vespa shit sounds like Robert Rodriguez. That this is his Spy Kids coming out. Sure, that shit sure. Spy Kids. That doesn't feel like Kathleen Kennedy. That feels like Robert Rodriguez thinking, "Oh, I'm making kids entertainment. Let's make it bright and shiny and bubbly." Um, mm-hmm. I don't With think you no regard for the universe he's in. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know what to make of this other than I do think they, 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 I mean, maybe t- turn over to double F's is the way to go. And you let the producers be producers and executives execute. But like, if star Wars is still in the doldrums two or three years from now, I can't, I, I, if I was the mouse, I'd clean fucking house. Sure. Yeah. I mean, let, 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 you know, let the people who are succeeding succeed and the people who fail just swap them out. Yeah. Find people who are, who are more in tune with what people want out of star Wars. Yeah. Um, so I, I, so I, I'll say that like it's set inside of personalities. Um, and if you're a theory before that, like Marvel got this right accidentally because that's the way they always wrote their stories because they intuitively or deliberately had that shit figured out and Star Wars just fucking blundered. Then like they have had enough on the job learning that this shit should not be happening anymore. And if it does, head should roll because this is billions of dollars. This is billions of dollars we're talking about, you know, like we don't care if we don't care about money in this country. What the hell have we come to? You know, that's the one <laughs> bedrock lost, thing yeah. the, that underpins. Every, if you stop caring about money, what the hell will we do? So yeah, stop so shitting I, the money bed. I know this is all rumor and it may or may not be true, but it does bring me some encouragement or at least enough plausibility uh, that they have seen the errors of their ways and maybe it's going to get better in the future that I'll continue to hold out a little bit of hope. I've got an old hope, if you will. Yes, yes. Star Wars isn't beyond hope. Um, I think Andor proves that. I think mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. general success and love that Mando is, is but but like mm-hmm. also they are flirting with Star Wars losing cultural cachet. You know, like if they keep fucking up for another couple of years and I, I just see more and more fans, they're just going to find other things to get in to, to get into, you know? Yeah, you're going to burn people else. out with mediocre to bad content. Like right. if, if you produce a ton of amazing content, people love it and people are getting right. energized by it. But if you're producing mediocre or bad stuff at this quantity, yeah, you're just going to burn people out. And there's so many things competing for people's nostalgic member berries. Like their Star oh, Trek yeah. is getting ginned up again. HBO just bought all of the Harry Potter franchise to like make uh-huh. it to like they're going to have Lord of the Rings everywhere. Like there's that you're going to have a lot of people compete competing for nostalgia for the millennials and zoomers. Mm-hmm. So star Wars cannot afford to fuck around for a decade, which they've largely done. Uh, Christine also says, sorry, but I have to push back a bit on your Kenobi hate. I had so many feels watching the show. I'm not someone who automatically loves all things. Star Wars. I did not like the book of Boba or the sequel trilogy. And I hated the prequels. But if you can't love on a princess, a child princess Leia helping Obi-Wan connect with the force after living in isolation and exile on Tatooine for 10 years. So the whole thing in New York, the new hope when she reaches out for his help makes more sense. And you don't want to see an epic battle between Vader and Obi-Wan. Then you don't have a Star Wars soul. Newsflash, Christine. I don't have a Star Wars soul. That died and left my body (laughs) sometime halfway through the runtime of the rise of Skywalker. 
and I've been a oh. soulless husk ever since. Hmm. And, and, and or, uh, mine left on the fourth watch of Phantom Menace. Fourth, fourth <laughs> in theater watch on Phantom You're, Menace. Yeah, and I saw yeah, it three more times after that. Stop the cap. You loved The Force Awakens. And yeah, yeah, that tried to rekindle were, my Star Wars soul. Right, right. They could have the done it. Shit the bed. You could have been a giant Star Wars nerd again. Yeah. And they, they yeah. fucked it up. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, the, the, it's wild, though, because I looked up on Rotten Tomato because I was about to stop the cap on Christine here. Uh, but the cap cannot be stopped because the average, the thermometer reading for Kenobi, what do you think it is for the critics? Oh, uh, 62%. 82%. For critics? Holy shit. The audience score is 63%. That's fucked up, right? Oh. Why the hell would the audience rebel against Kenobi? So, I mean, that's, like I said, the 82% is a lot high because I was thinking it'd be in the 40s, 50s maybe. And mm-hmm. uh, But, like, yeah, that's that's a wild thermometer rating. Now, you do get a little... As Star Wars kind of gets shittier and shittier and nichier and nichier, like part of this is like I wonder how many big critics actually reviewed it. So you okay. could have yeah. the critics that are still, you know, writing things for the sci-fi zines are a little bit more pre. I wonder if they have those kind of pockets or if they have in a way to account for like, well, most of the big people are no longer covering this because it's shit. So the people that do yeah. are. That, that's the I thing. Do you cover season 11 of The Walking Dead if you've seen the right. 10 previous seasons you've probably given up and stopped covering it because it's garbage right. so and if you say it's good like we said oh so this is 10 of the walking dead's good again it's good in relation to what came before it's almost like mm-hmm. you know it's just a curve you're grading on so i uh yeah i uh i, I don't have a star wars soul christine it uh it, it died kathleen kennedy killed it uh so uh let's move on to andrew <laughs> andrew in texas as a 48-year-old guy, I'm a lukewarm Star Wars fan. I love the originals, think the latest trilogy is garbage, and won't watch cartoons. The Mandalorian's pretty good, and I think this latest season was all right. Jim, right here, mm-hmm. Andrew, our white-hot, glowing core of the Tribe of Two podcast. This is, mm-hmm. our, this is our people. This is the demographic we're trying to <laughs> pretty much, chase. Yeah. Thank you for finding us, Andrew. The only thing I wanted to see in the season finale that I didn't get was for the Mandalorians to remove their helmets and do a nice soak together in the waters of Mandalore. Isn't that the point of the dumb helmet rule? Don't remove helmets unless you do the sacred soak. They're all there at the hot tub together. Come on! Oh my god, that's the loophole, right? Like, you can just get in the waters and go full full naked. You don't have to you don't have to wear your codpiece, your helmet, nothing. Skinny dipping in the Mandalore waters of Mandalore, man. Yeah, the uh, uh, the mythosaur poop hole loophole because <laughs> it's just the the waters of Mandalore are half half water, half uh, mythosaur piss and shit at this point. Um, so I mean, so like every once in a while, I used to be a Christian, and every once in a while, uh, some of his younger people would try to uh, bedevil the the elders with mm-hmm. like, uh, well, what? A, how? Here's the the end round around the old man, and they'd always hit you up with Galatians six seven. God is not to be mocked for whatever a man sows, this you should also reap. The idea of like, you know, like imagine if you were like, uh, I don't know, you're you're a, you're a Catholic and you believed in the power of like a priest's blessing and holy water. 
and you wanted to set up a situation where you could have all the premarital and adulterous sex you wanted as long as a priest is steadily chanting Hail Marys and, and dripping holy mm-hmm. water on you the whole time. You're sinless, right? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Galatians 6, 7 would say that no, God would see that as the obvious end around and he would not be pleased. I think the Mandalorian's got to be the same way, right? If, if I'm going to take the suggestion seriously. <laughs> what if you could fool the other Mandalorians into thinking you're just very absent-minded and you remove your helmet <laughs> accidentally at times like i'm removing the rest of my clothes why wouldn't i remove my helmet to get in the waters it's probably i mean it just depends it's like if you had a significant other or roommate that like every once in a while forgot to flush the toilet you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i'd say that's a real big thing for you that like every time you you get the toilet toilet, by the way don't don't forget it attracts them they're attracted to the right piss shit ratio to water and then they'll just move in set up shop (laughs) Uh, but 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 like imagine that just really sets you off you're like look honey sweetie i gotta have you gotta you gotta start flushing the toilet i don't care how you do you gotta start flushing the toilet and they just kept on like at some point you're like are you really absent-minded you just not give a shit about me you know like if you if you love me enough they say i give a shit see and they point to the toilet (laughs) I'm leaving evidence behind all the time, babe. I give so many shits for you. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm going. Like at some point, like you know, it's it's like yeah, like yeah. Uh, the, the, I think the armor would come in and it'd be like, "Yo, this ain't the way. You mm-hmm. can't you can't be looking at each other's faces." But you can get away with this once a year, pretty easily. Clearly, if it's something that you atone, I mean, because that's the other thing, like atoning, uh, didn't, didn't she say you have to atone? It was a, like, that was, that was the phrase she used. Maybe, but I thought that was all just wrapped up in bathing. Uh, redeem, got to redeem himself, maybe. Because there's the, there's an, there's an, mm-hmm. op, there, like the part of, part of, uh, and that's the other kind of like uh, Christian uh, mythos is like, uh, there's also got to be some contrition. Mm. on your part and and a true contrition uh true a true being sorry for something is a sincere attempt not to do it again and if you're all just chilling in a hot tub looking at each other's naked faces that doesn't seem like you're very sorry about it so mm. i don't think we have the mythosaur poop hole loophole <laughs> that we could that we could use but i don't know i'm not an armor i do i do not know the exact way so um it says lastly, although I believe Giancarlo Esposito is an extraordinarily talented actor and crushes in Breaking Bad and the Boys, he is neither scary nor menacing in The Mandalorian. When he dons the black armor, he doesn't remind me of terrifying Darth Vader. He reminds me more of Michael Dukakis in Tank in a Tank helmet vibes. You, you probably too young for this. Uh, do you tank? remember the the ill fated uh, presidential run of one Mike Dukakis? No, no. Uh, he did a publicity shot because, you know, uh, I guess his campaign was trying to get him to because um, because he that man, he had just stepped on it so many times uh, and he was like seen as this kind of like goofy dude. And uh, they tried to get him in a the do this like really macho. Uh, this is like Putin uh, riding a horse with no shirt. Well, except for Putin looked kind of like a badass in this. This is Michael Dukakis. I'm sending it to oh, you. Oh, boy. Through, All right. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, and he's got See? his name on his helmet in the what's Look clearly a slap-on label. It looks like Mr. Bean. It looks yeah. like Mr. Bean having a misadventure. He is pointing a very it's, high caliber. Let me gun tell you me. how hard it is to not look badass when you're behind a 50 caliber machine gun mount of an mm-hmm. M1 Abrams, and Mike Dukakis is managing to do that. He manages to look like an like a fucking like like Mr. Also, Bean. Is is he an HVAC repairman? What is with this? 
name tag on his shirt. I, oh my God! Yeah, he's, he's probably wearing uh, Motorpool. Uh, you know. Uh, okay. Outfit. Yeah. So so he's yeah. working on the tank. Yeah. He's um, fixing that tank. It's just it's just ridiculous. And I, I get your point because like I do think Giancarlo Esposito is very scary and intimidating, but something about him in the Mandalorian is goofy. Well, he's he's hamming it up, right? I mean, he's playing a cartoon character essentially. Um Yeah, you know there, there, there's that. something pulpy, something something very I don't know, cheesy about it. Yeah. Um about most of this show, really, but he maybe identifies or, or embodies it most. I don't know. Yeah, I, all young folks, you wanna do you wanna see uh, Mike Dukakis in a tank? You literally just have to search for Mike Dukakis tank, and it's like the first result. And uh, there's 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 a whole arc to our political history and how we got the things, and it's 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 dumb. It's dumb, but like. This was a scandal. A dude saying after he'd lost a primary into the microphone, yeah, that that killed someone's <laughs> right. presidential run. <laughs> it's it's like I just I I yeah I just I can't figure I can't figure this country out. Uh, Zach says I agree with you guys that mouse droids are a lot of fun and added some welcome Saturday morning cartoon style levity to the finale in classic original trilogy style. However, when the first mouse droid discovered R5 and ran off to gather reinforcements, I got genuinely worried for R5. As the most innocent character on the show, I really didn't want to see anything bad happen to them. And I was sure that they were building up to the mouse droid returning with a trooper to dismantle R5, which would mean Mando would lose control of the blast shields and have to improvise how he finished off the troopers he was fighting. In my head, I'm already making peace with losing R5, but justifying that by reminding myself that at least it will be paid off with the even cooler climax to a fight. Uh, I felt safe to assume that because the show has made it clear that despite what it tells us about droids, it doesn't view them as sentient characters. True. Mm-hmm. But my shock and surprise, it doesn't return with an authority of any kind to actually deal with R5. It just gets more mouse droids. Goes, grabs really conf- buddies. Look at this shit. You've seen an R5 unit in a while? Look at this thing. Uh... <laughs> I was thinking that this model of droid mouse droid with the the police lights and and everything should be uh, K4REN. K4REN. Yeah, write write it out. Write 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 it out. Think it over your head. Uh, think think it over in your head. See if see if it comes to you. K4REN. Oh, all right, four. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> nice. Um, if you if you're Moff Gideon or one of the Imperial contractors hired to design this base, why are you stocking with mouse droids? I always thought they'd function like mobile security system sensors. They find something wrong. It sets off the alarms. Now we've seen how they respond to threats. It seems that they have no weapons. They seemingly aren't connected to the rest of the network via comms. And when they find an issue, they just go and get more equally unequipped copies of themselves. One mm-hmm. of them even drives itself right off the edge of the platform and R5 jets off. It was not knocked off. It wasn't even trying to chase R5 and just forgot it can't fly. It just rolls itself right off the edge in the other direction from R5. <laughs> Clearly, these are not sophisticated machines, even by Star Wars droid standards. Whoa, there's so much tech that far outshines mouse droids in the universe. Why have mouse droids not been weeded out, upgraded, or replaced? All right, I've got a theory. Okay. Mouse, mouse droids are the Star Trek ver, or Star Wars version of Star Trek's Tribbles. They're self-replicating, and whatever the Empire does to try and rid their stations of mouse droids, they can't quite get rid of them all. Mm. They're an invasive species aboard. Self-replicating. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. They build their That would actually they be... don't have weapons, they have tools though to build each other. That would actually be a pretty funny theory that they're literally mouse droids. They just infest mm -hmm. they just infest facilities and they build the most simple form of replicating themselves. Yeah. Um they're high in the walls, I... like I mean that's canon, right? They they go into the walls. True. Yeah. I I always thought them as some kind of like basic utility thing that they are just running messages back and forth or they're, you know, interdepartmental they mail don't, droids. They don't have wireless communications, at least not to the security systems. Yeah, I hmm. Right. I mean, that's the thing is like you got to kind of close your eyes. And remember that this is all 70s shit. So like they did mm -hmm. not foresee the Internet and how widely connected and Wi-Fi everything would be. Right. Yeah. I mean, even Star Trek is still somewhat caught in like this 60s era technology where like like their biggest technological innovation in the end of season three of Picard. And this is not really a big spoiler <laughs> is like all their starships can talk and, and, and network together for the first yeah. time. The year 2402 of our Lord is when Starfleet's ships started keeping track of each other, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, I, that's the real universe. I like. I actually like your self-replicate. They're just vermin. Yeah. Yeah. They're not built. They just, they just, it's like, oh, oh fuck, we gotta, like, who let the fucking mouse droids? We built this goddamn Death Star from scratch. <laughs> How the, who tracked in the mouse who droids? They're everywhere with, now. Yeah, who docked with the wrong Star Destroyer? Right. You know, oh, you ordered a pallet full of this and you didn't check it for mouse droids. Jesus, man. Now we've it's got like mouse when droids. When you're looking at uh, a part like nice apartments in, in, in Coruscant, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, wow, this place. Is not, I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't seen a mouse I, since we moved here, honey. I've never seen. I haven't even seen a mouse droid. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like that's like a stat. Yeah, I like that. I like that. They a lot. stay at an Airbnb. Suddenly they come back and there's a mouse droid in their suitcase. <laughs> oh, gets God out, damn goes it. The wall. Yep. Ah, oh, Jesus, we have to fumigate. We're going to have to fumigate the house of sulfuric acid for 24 <laughs> hours to get them all. <laughs> got to get their eggs. Yeah, got to get their nanite yeah. eggs. If you leave just one nanite left behind. Mm -hmm. Craig T says, I feel Star Wars as it is now is a multifaceted franchise in the way of TV and film. Uh, and I think it's a good thing. It's just taking some adjusting from both the creators and viewers alike. It used to be a film or TV series had a tone and a fan base it aimed for and stuck to it. But now a franchise like Star Wars is a unique position where it can reach different groups with different shows. You have the films for the masses and or for older viewers looking for deeper story. Mandalorian for younger and broader fan base that wants a light, fun show. Kenobi for those that grew up in the sequels or with the prequels, etc. The reason some shows get negative comments is they are looking for the wrong things in the wrong places and are annoyed when it doesn't do what they want. The Mandalorian is never going to be as deep as Andor. It's fun, light entertainment, and I think it nails it. Jim's comments about the first couple of seasons having throwaway episodes is valid, but it did serve to set up the situation, introduce the characters, and the world he moves in and paid off in season three. Think of it like a book. It's broken down in chapters after all. Hmm. Okay. I think is... this is what the the mouse is trying to do, mm -hmm. but I think it's it's facing some challenges. Yeah, when it wants to interleave stuff um, so tightly. Because the, the vibe I get from them is that they want everybody to watch everything. Yeah. I don't get the vibe that they're okay with me not watching Book of Boba Fett, for instance. Um, or Ahsoka or Obi-Wan and or might be the exception to that that's the one thing that hasn't felt like super connected to the rest of the stuff but mm -hmm. I don't know man 
I think you're right. They want they want their cake, but they also want to eat it. They have to have some way to identify the various markets and segregate them more. Because what they can't do is have like, oh, imagine if there's a universe where it's like, oh, you like the wire, do you? Well, the wire's story is partially going to happen Saturday mornings with the Smurfs. <laughs> you know, Gargamel's going to come okay. out Omar. Oh, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And then, then catch it, catch, catch, catch uh, what Papa Smurf does on Days of Our Lives, like. What the fuck? Like, yeah, that's I understand wanting to capture every fucking demographic, but mm-hmm. you cannot force the other demographics to enjoy shit that they don't want to enjoy yeah. with the thin hope of like, well, if you, you're going to have to do if you want to see if baby Grogu got back with his dad, like that's yeah, what yeah. they can't do. That's what they have to figure out. You know, they mm-hmm. want to cross. Like, yeah, like I said, I think we, we covered this in the previous and I think the discussion. reason the Marvel stuff works so well is because it's all the same tone. Like it is, it's it, all family. There is no difference between a Captain right. America movie and Avengers movie and Iron Man movie, other than the characters and the plot. The tone but, is identical. But Marvel, now that it's starting to, and DC's already going through this too, where it's like now that they're acquiring things like um, you know Logan and they're doing a new Deadpool, they like mm. those are a different tone, or yeah. at least a different sensibility. And a lot of what they're doing on the DC side with like the ultra violent, very mature, uh, raunchy stuff is like and but but that's the thing. It's like, you know, uh, it would blow me away if they made a peacemaker Saturday morning cartoon. You know, yeah, like once you make it an M.A. HBO series, you can't fucking make it into a family friendly cartoon. Like I know they (laughs) I mean, I I grew up in an era where they actually did make rated R movies like Rambo and Robocop and Uh turn them into cartoons. It was insane. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, that's my thoughts on it. This is the ad break. We will return. I have spoken. This podcast is in your care. Welcome back to Tribe of Two. Hannah, my ideal season of four of The Mandalorian would be Mando and Grogu going on episodic adventures Star Trek style. It would give us a fun 30 minutes a week of watching our father-son explore different parts of the galaxy, meet different species, grow in their new relationship. Bonus, the writers won't have to disappoint us with their lack of addressing the heavier topics like droid sentience. I'm curious if that would be a show you two would still enjoy. I mean, um, it happened a lot earlier on in the show, right? Yeah, I think Star Wars Procedural is a good idea for the Mando, but you do have to there there has to be one bit of continuity, which is what you nailed here, the relationship between Grogu and and uh, Jaren. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and and I think uh, Star Trek did that very well too. Like the Next Generation, oh, yeah. very episodic, but like you know, Picard gets abducted by the Borg, and that has repercussions. Uh, Worf has a son that has repercussions like once a season there would be a little bit of character development and they would kind of remember that it wasn't super important to enjoy every episode but it made it deeper when you did watch them all and got all that stuff and I think that's what they need and maybe even more so like because I think television as a medium has changed and we can't just go back to purely episodic stuff we do crave the continuity but Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun 30-minute w- uh, adventures where they are getting something interesting about the parent-child uh, relationship um, and, 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 and how you, you, you raise a kid and, and with the, the values that you have but maybe try to be a little bit better. I think that would be cool. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike says, in the first episode of The Mandalorian, Mando's mission is to bring Grogu back alive if possible, and IG-11's mission is to terminate Grogu. I always thought this meant that IG-11 was sent by someone other than Moff Gideon. They never really came back to this, so maybe I should let it go, but my hope is that Season 4 might address some of these other forces out there that might be interested in Grogu. Maybe the New Republic sent IG-11 to terminate him and keep him from being found by Moff Gideon. It's wild speculation, but would make for a fun plot twist, and I haven't really been impressed with the ethics or incompetence of the New Republic thus far. This Hmm. is a solid point. Moff Gideon could not have sent IG-11, because the last thing he would want is for Grogu to die. Yeah. Who who else would be in a position to know about and terminate Grogu? It has to be the New Republic, right? uh luke skywalker (laughs) that i actually that was my next thought (laughs) that like luke knew that there was this one jedi youngling that was abducted from the temple and went missing he wouldn't kill him though right he wouldn't hire a droid to assassinate a potential jedi you know who would though Hmm. leia organa solo oh she like luke knows about her he tells her and she's like well I wish Luke luck with his Jedi order and his temple mm-hmm. and his training and we would need a new generation Jedi. But also, boy, I don't like the idea of a dark Sith Yoda being trained by an evil moth. We need to put out a kill team and get that guy's ass. All right. All right. I could totally see Leia. Leia has that pragmatic ruthlessness that, mm-hmm. that I don't think Luke does. I think that and that would be super fucking interesting in the universe. Yeah, boy, would they put that on? Would they put that on Leia? Because I agree. That's I think that's kind of just barely within her character. But that's pretty dark. For it makes a, a lot hero of, sense, of the universe. If you know that Master Yoda, uh huh, was cloned, and then or I don't I, I don't know if he's exactly cloned or if he's the father. Like, but but someone mm-hmm. of Yoda's potential has been abducted and for potentially a decade or more been twisted and formed in some evil shape by like the remnants of the empire. There -hmm. might be no redeem. I mean, like look what happened the last time a Sith Lord got got loose and took over the galaxy. Like that would be a very pragmatic, cold, but pragmatic decision. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know that. That seems like you need the spinoff, the Leia spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. You can delve into that. You have to recast a young a young Carrie Fisher, which good luck with that. Mm-hmm. I I do hope they stop with the. It's one thing to do it for characters; the actors are still alive. But like I I mm, I think it's kind of ghoulish to do it with people who are dead. I, I I they just need to recast people. There's actors; they do this. They've done it for. You seen Gary Oldman? He turned himself into Winston Churchill. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it's it's um. Not cool to do it too soon after their death. I mean, it's a too soon thing for me. Like, would I object to them bringing back, I don't know, Paul Newman at this point? Probably not if his estate gave them permission to do it. For like a cameo, maybe, but like if you're going to do. For a whole series as a main character, I am. Hmm, yeah, yeah, like the JJ like yeah. Abrams Star Trek reboot. We just talked about this on lunch. Like, would that have been better if they just digitally de-aged Bill Shatner and got the digital corpse of DeForest Kelly and like, or did did it was a fun seeing these slightly different takes, but recognizable and 
the actors trying to play homage, but make it. I, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's just inherently more interesting than Uncanny Valley Luke and Leia. Yeah, as fun as that's do. been here and there, I think I don't think we I don't want that to be the the go to to can tell continuing stories in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary says you guys asked about people's hopes and expectations for season four of The Mandalorian. Indeed. After the season three finale, I'm more confused than ever about what the Mandalorian way truly is and what the hell Mando and Grogu are going to do next season. On the one hand, Mando and the company save foundlings, speak of honor and tradition, and, as you've been discussing in recent episodes, spout a whole lot of self-important quasi-religious rules around following the way. On the other hand, Mando is a bounty hunter, and going into season four, not only is he not among his tribe, he's doubled down on the work for hire with a child in tow. I just don't see how these things are compatible. No offense to any bounty hunters who might be listening. Dog, cover your ears. But the morally gray nature of the work is the do- is in the job title Bounty. It's a work for cash, finding and possibly killing anyone you get paid to. I don't understand how Mando can be both a devout follower and a bounty hunter, even if he's got a heart of gold. I know that a lot of these Star Wars TV characters pre-existed in the wider universe, but it feels to me like Favreau and company made Mando a bounty hunter just because Boba Fett was one before squaring up his vocation with the people in Creed he follows. Can you please explain to me how this whole reborn bounty hunter business fits in with the Mandalorian way? I mean, they're a warrior. They're a warrior culture, right? I, I Yes. It's like, I don't know, being devoted to something doesn't necessarily mean that you're peaceful. Doesn't mean that you're unwilling to do bad things. I mean, plenty of people are devoted to evil things. Um, Yeah. I think about Viking culture, you know, they would spend uh, three quarters of the year sowing crops and loving their children and weaving textiles and farming and domesticating animals. And then reaving season came and they get on their long boats and they'd go fucking kick in the port of some poor European town, sack it and make off with their riches and if you look at their literature, there wasn't any hint of like, oh, God, oh, God, we're doing this evil thing that we always do. It's just it was just it was just literally a way of their a way of way of life for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that especially at the Mandalorian, the bounty hunters of Star Wars seem like and I know they got they, they are hired by the Empire, but it seems like they do have it's not that they're like they're going and trying to find someone's husband or wife that ran from an abusive relationship or they're hunting down some persecuted religious minority. They're trying to bring someone who has broken the law and hurt people to justice one way or the other, you know? Yeah. They're not mercenaries. I mean, there's a fine distinction here, but they're not mercenaries. They're bounty hunters, nor are they ruthless murderers. They are a quasi, they're a paralegal institution just like they are. So nowadays, um, and they Mm -hmm. have a guild that's licensed and has rules and restrictions and accountability. Um, so I just think it's like, we're looking at it from 21st century and like, Oh my God, you're right. You're a man hunter. Mm -hmm. And they are looking at it like, well, but some men we can hunt. They're mm-hmm. legally sanctioned. And and maybe that's part of the Mandalorian way that they've lost is like, it's one thing to be a bounty hunter in the old Republic where things were kind of on the up and up and you had a functional state and maybe things weren't as corrupt, but it's another thing to be a bounty hunter during the days of the Galactic Empire. Sure. It's probably another thing to be a bounty hunter in the days of the New Republic because we've seen what kind of dumb fucks they are. <laughs> so 
it would be cool if they if they wrestle with a lot of a lot of that. Like you know, Mando's trusting the New Republic as the good guys, but what if they have him mm-hmm. running some? Uh, you know what, what was that? Uh, Katie was that? No, uh, Katie O'Brien is who she played. I, I can't remember who the 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 spy is. The Moff oh, Gideon loyalist spy. Uh, e something. Elia, Elia, Elia. There you go, Elia King. Um, what if he ends up doing a a, a mission for her? And like oh. I said, like I, so, I, we've yeah. already said like a lot of things that could disillusion Mando and Grogu towards the current order. You know, like Leia mm-hmm. could issue a, a fatwa against uh, potentially the Dark Jedi baby Grogu. That um, you know, he they could have him do a whole bunch of like morally gray shit that he thinks tarnishes his honor. And the other mm-hmm. thing is like, there's multiple ways of being a bounty hunter. Like, there's the way where like maybe Boba Fett just goes and disintegrates and doesn't give a shit. Mando seems like the kind of guy that number one will give you, you know, he wants to bring you into justice. He wants to bring you in warm. Uh, if you make him, he'll bring you in cold. And also we've seen him flex a bit when he gets a mark that he thinks is immoral. He doesn't have to execute it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is like, you know, it's a very futile way. Like Star Wars, is a very futile universe. Um, it doesn't have to make sense to us. You just have to know that like, that's just not how it's seen. It's like, there's some people to see eating meat today as barbaric. If you go back mm-hmm. a few, like even a hundred years ago, that's such a minority opinion. It almost doesn't exist. So, and a hundred years from now, maybe everyone feels that way. We got synthetic meat. Uh, and I've just, just like, Oh my mm-hmm. God, you ate something alive that had thoughts and geez, what the fuck is wrong with you people? But yeah, it's the way. Uh, Maddie from Philly says, I want them to resist the urge to blow up and destroy Mando's home. This is a video gamey trope that's always used to reboot the plot, and it feels incredibly likely for the start of next season. <laughs> yeah. Mean, it's how Star Wars starts, right? Yeah. Like, you can't be any more Star Wars than blowing up the kid's home. If only we had an aunt and uncle that we can have a flaming mm-hmm. skeleton at the, do- the doorstep. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see it though, right? Mando's just chilling on his front porch, oh, yeah. and the Tie Fighter comes by and just blows his shit up, and him and him and ba- Grogu have to swear vengeance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be disappointed, Maddie. That seems real likely. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, and I'm smiling as I say it, so I'm not against it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what you want Mando to just just be home, home on the range? Yeah, he can't. It can't. Like the show can't survive him kicking his feet up permanently. So. People come up and, well, hey, I need you to go on a mission, Mando. Well, you know, uh, I thought I'd just semi-retire until I got Grogu through college. And uh, I might I might, I might, might pick up bounty hunting after that. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for now, this is the way for me. Um, I, Yeah. I, yeah. I don't blow that shit up. Blow that, <laughs> blow that fucking cottage up. Uh, two, the religious cultish villains. Assuming Mando won't be fighting the Empire exclusively, I'd love to see him take on some kind of religious cult group, a kind of inverse or parallel to the Mandalorians would be cool to compare and contrast a group like this and they would feel different than anything else we've seen in live action Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Um, What's the Ethorian culture like? Can we get there? Are they religious fanatics? What, do we have some alien race in Star Wars? It's like... They speak out both sides fanatical. of their mouth, Jim. That's oh what I know God. about those fucking Ethorians. It's culty as hell. If you don't know, Ethorians literally have two mouths on each side of their face, <laughs> so... Those hammerhead looking aliens. And do you know, as far as the West End uh, role playing game goes, 
canonically or semi-canonically, they with those double mouths can generate a sound, a roar so loud that it literally is like a concussion grenade. They can like wow. flashbang people with their, their their vocal cords. I played an Athorian Jedi once in a campaign. Is a is a is a sweet move just just to do your bull roar. Uh huh. Do one d six of damage and put everybody flat on their ass within ten meters or whatever. Um. No, I yeah, obviously I'm I'm totally down to explore those topics. Archaeology. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> Indiana Mando. Or is okay. it Mando Jones? Mandalorian Jones? Uh, this is present in some games and comics, but hasn't been done on the screen. I'd love to see Mando find some places significant to the history of Star Wars, be that place the uh, place of the Jedi, Mandalorians, or something else entirely. Ooh, it would be cool to go to the jungles of Yavin 4 and explore mm-hmm. the old Jedi temples. That's exactly what I was thinking. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What the fuck are these ruined Jedi temples on Yavin? Mm-hmm. I could see that. And it could be like a mission that like Luke sends a Grogu to kind of like complete. Although Luke's not going to take Grogu back. Grogu's got to finish yeah, yeah. Be the Mandalorian before he can maybe take the turn to be the, 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 the Jedi training. And, and I mean, they did this in the books, right? Like I think of the Jedi Academy trilogy. Um, right. That was all about Luke trying to train a young Jedi apprentice on Yavin with like all these temples right. and the influences of the dark forces that live there that, you know, the, the balance of the force includes the dark sure. side too. And like that, that was super interesting stuff to me as well, at least as a like 14 year old. <laughs> so maybe it would still hold up as a 41 year old. And a form of that made it into the sequel trilogy. Like the idea that uh, Luke yeah. had a Jedi yeah. Academy and one of his star pupils uh, fell from the path, even one he was related to. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't. Why did they? Why did they fucking shove all that shit into Star Wars Legends? I don't know. I because they wanted to clean slate it. I guess it makes sense to clean, and then you can just cherry pick the stuff that's sure. really good. Yeah, because and that's clearly what they're doing. So maybe maybe that's the good good. Maybe it's uh, the good way to go. Matt, he says, thanks for the great coverage this season and keeping it leal. Ooh, there is a lot of negativity online from some groups, and I felt you guys really gave it all a fair shake. I thought the season was great, and I'm glad the book of Boba Fett didn't derail the show completely. Mm. Looking forward to next season and your podcast in between. Yeah, I like I said, and he says, please watch Ahsoka. Uh, we're, I'm going to watch at least three episodes, and, and I'll give the Andor guarantee. If it, I think it's a truly great show, I will try my damnedest to twist Jim's arm into watching it. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, like if I hear good things about Ahsoka, I'll probably watch it, just like I did with Andor. I heard great things about Andor, and I was very much against watching Andor because yes. of the recent history of Star Wars. I'm because less against right it now because of, of Andor. Yeah. yeah, right, right. So like, yeah, I, I'm willing to if I hear good things, watch it. For yeah, sure. that's, and that's why I'm watching it right off the bat because, like, to me, this is like this is the first real test of the uh, Filoni era, Filoni Farve era. Like this, I should like Ahsoka should not be mediocre. Mm-hmm. If 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 a firm hand is now on a Star Wars tiller, this show should not at all be mediocre. It should be good, if not great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's got to be at least as good as Mandalorian, but like it's got to honestly be better for me to like really do the 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 Jim arm twist move. And uh, I want it to be. I'm not rooting against Star Wars, but uh, I appreciate your discernment that we are not a hater cast because <laughs> you know, we, we want to love Star Wars. It's just, you know, Star Wars has got to be lovable. Yeah. Uh, Virgil- 
what's that oh i i just said yeah but that, that's all i try to do is give everything a fair shake i don't i don't want to be predisposed to hate something simply because i don't like it currently if it impresses yeah, me it impresses me i hear that that fear leads to anger anger leads to hate Hades and Haley's watching Harry Potter apparently because I got to do that soon. <laughs> well, that'll be the real test for me. Can I give that a fair shake? I, I, I'm, I'm going to be happy either way. It's just, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I want to kiss the commissioner that that is making you watch <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban because you can no longer play the like. Oh, I don't fucking know Harry Potter. What the hell is that? Is that, a, is that about a child wizard, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta shut that That's shit me. off at the source. Uh, Virgilio the things I'm looking forward to seeing in the future regarding the Mandalorian series I think the adoption scene and the fact that Grogu's parents are gone puts points to a future search for his parents maybe the two encounter a clue to his origins on the con on the course of executing a bounty alright so maybe Kinda Grogu Gro- Grogu's the one who gets the they, they don't blow up his home Grogu just gets a little angsty and Little antsy wants to figure out who his parents are, that kind of thing. That's something that I feel like uh, an older Grogu would get to. I don't think mm-hmm. that like even like pre-adolescent teenager Grogu decide, you know, wants to start looking for his parents. But maybe you do that as an old uh, when you get older. Yeah, maybe thirties, early thirties. I could see it. But I also like the idea of like an adopted kid just being like, you know, not having any, like, hey, I got, I got an awesome dad. You know, like I'm, I am not mm-hmm. missing a piece of me at all. Um, that's a valid way to, to, to roll as well. Um, let's see. Regarding the Mandalorians in general, I'm thinking the Dark Saber is crushed, but the Kyber crystals are still good. Perhaps we'll see the Mandalorians look to ex Jedi Ahsoka for guidance on how to reconstruct it. Huh. Hmm. I don't know anything about it except for what I've seen on TikTok implies that maybe the Dark Saber was seen as cursed by the Jedi. Or oh, they wouldn't help. It's certainly not like it doesn't act like like, you know, it doesn't act like a regular lightsaber. It's a dark saber. For one thing, it's heavy. Shouldn't be heavy. They're just pissed that everybody's got lightsabers now. Because mm. I'm with him. I'm with him. Yeah. Too many lightsabers regarding his post original trilogy pre sequel trilogy era. I'm looking forward to better clarification of some of the rushes put uh, rush through plot points of Rise of Skywalker. Not even talking about the return of Sheev. He actually says Palpatine, but every time someone says Palpatine, I'm going to call. I'm going to say Sheev. But the return of Sheev, instead of like a, a explanation of how Lando united all the galaxy's ships in just an hour or so, it'd be great if we could nice. see loose confederations already formed throughout the galaxy because of their fear of the New Republic and the First Order. Yeah, I mean right. th- that that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Like the fact that the re- the rebels would not forget how to form an alliance. Like, sure, you sure. Know, uh, they just 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 get the band back together again. Mm-hmm. Gary, final message says, "I'm listening to your Mandalorian finale pod, and I completely agree that Mando is definitely getting a new ship. I was a little unclear to me when he was working his deal with Captain Carson if he was bringing the Imperial remnants in cold." He's going to straight up assassinate them. Either way, they'll probably need a new ship to transport. I don't know if they'll rebrand a previously established ship like they did at the N1 Starfighter, but either way, the merch must flow. Thanks for your coverage, and I hope you and Jim will be back for Ahsoka. We'll see. Um, I, I, my preference is a new ship. I, I thought the Razor Crest was fucking badass. I missed mm-hmm. a Razor Crest. 
Yeah, I I think the N one is super badass too. I love the maneuverability, the speed, it, but it doesn't have the same quality that the Razor Crest had. Yeah, but but it's, I, it's I different. I, but I like them both. The lamest shit ever is he if he comes up if he comes back in a chromed out YT thirteen hundred freighter or a <laughs> okay. B wing. Yeah, it's the Millennium Falcon or a okay. B wing or. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, like like what like a Corellian Corvette. Like I, I yeah, I kind of want to see. He's like, hey, I've I've been doing some bounties. Can I get my hands on one of those Y wings? Yeah, and I want a custom paint job. Yeah, or like like da- Dash Rindar had a some kind of Corellian freighter. Like I it, I, I want to see I, something I haven't seen before. All right, I got a way to tie this all together. Every email that we just considered, everything we just said, I can tie it all together. It's not that they blow up their home. Baby Grogu gets antsy, wants to go look for his parents. He does so by going to Luke, who might be able to help him find them. He's on Yavin. He's teaching. While there, Grogu gets influenced by a dark Jedi force in a temple. And he finds the Sun Crusher. And that becomes (laughs) their new ship. He's going (laughs) to the Sun Crusher. Uh Uh-huh. Was that that was another single man fighter, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I, I don't think. You, I don't think you could fit Mando and Grogu in there, but like, I've always loved the Sun Crusher. I think it's a super cool idea. It, it, for people who don't know, it's a ship that is basically invincible, and they call it the Sun Crusher because it goes into the hearts of suns, like literally just drives into them, cannot it be makes, destroyed by it, them, yeah, and then causes the sun to explode. So like, yeah, hell of a weapon. Yeah, I mean they've already kind of uh, done something like that in, in the star wars sequels you know i really like the, the the original dark saber do you remember when that crazy hut uh scraped up enough money he couldn't build the whole death star but he figured out a way to build just the reactor and the main <laughs> oh, beam assembly God. and it was this giant cylinder that when it fired its main beam it looked like a lightsaber i think it was called the dark saber oh wow no, uh, I don't that was that. my that's my favorite super weapon of the old uh legends era uh, that mm-hmm. and the World Devastators. I thought. The, do you remember the World Devastators? No. Those were the self-replicating machines that could start from small to be like the size of giant oh, warehouses. They like would the, literally like devour a planet to make more of themselves. Like the things on Westworld that chew yeah. up the earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they're like mouse droids, only bigger, and they eat your planet. <laughs> they're rat droids. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, and like I said, we'll see about Ahsoka. I would say that if you want uh, our our Ahsoka coverage, it's probably going to be an off the clock form, which is our podcast, or like like that we we use to talk about all the stuff we're not talking about on main podcast. It's a premium podcast. You will have to pay at least five bucks a month to hear it. Um, but I, you know, it's it might be worth it if you if you if you want to check out. Uh, you can just subscribe for one month and cancel. You know, five bucks is it worth five bucks to hear us talk about Ahsoka? And then if we like it, I that's the thing. It's like our intention with this was to like cover a lot of the Star Wars stuff. And then mm-hmm. that and the Marvel stuff kind of kind of consistently disappointed us. So we never really got there. But like, I yeah, I'd love a, 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 a world where six, seven months out of the year we're doing a Star Wars show. I mean, we'll um, definitely be back with Andor if they. Oh, uh, hell do yeah. Another, uh, they are doing another season of that. So definitely wild Gondarks darks couldn't pull me away mm-hmm. from from pulling the ears off andor <laughs> but uh okay 
I got I got to I got I got to throw in this stuff. This just to just prove to the kids that I, I'm not a fake Star Wars fan. I mean, um, why do you why do you think I brought up the Sun Crusher? Come on, exactly right, exactly right. <laughs> it all goes back to the Caravan of Courage, is what I think. Jesus. Uh, so that's going to do it for our coverage of Man the Mandalorian. Uh, we will be back uh, for definitely for the next season of Mandalorian. Definitely for more Andor. Uh, if we do any Star Wars coverage at all uh, that, that's not in a premium podcast, it'll be in this here feed. So you don't have to resubscribe to anything. We'll just morph this from the Tribe of Two. Well, it might just be the Tribe of Two forever, but it'll be the Tribe of Two featuring Andor, Tribe of Two featuring Ahsoka. So you're, 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 you found us in the right spot. If you are a Tribe of Two listener and you wonder what else we get up to, uh, I cordially invite you to follow our Bald Move Pulp feed. That's where we cover all of our science fiction, our fantasy our zombie dragon spaceship ninja dark saber shit goes on bald move pulp. Uh, that way you don't have to follow our individual feeds. It just comes right to your podcast player. And uh, if you just want to pick and choose, I recommend going to twitter.com slash bald move. That's where we post like all the stuff we're doing weekly and like our, you know, our, our weekly coverage schedules. So you can get a good idea of what we're covering right now. Um, we're, we're covering a, a, a weird prestige mystery box show called yellow jackets on showtime uh we got a bunch of stuff coming back in in june we're looking forward to uh, uh season two of severance doing full coverage for we're looking forward to foundation a great apple tv science fiction show uh returning for its second season based on the old asimov foundation uh and empire series um so there's lots of good science fiction stuff coming up this year at bald move and then oh my next year is going to be crazy you might get the last of us back definitely will have the house of the dragon coming back yeah, join, uh, follow us along, twitter.com slash baldmove. And uh, if you'd like to get access to the, the premium content, uh, like Off the Clock, like our likely discussion of Ahsoka, uh, you want to be on the club, go to support.baldmove.com to find out how you can get access to all that premium content and ad-free feeds. All right, thank you for being with us uh, as we follow the way of The Mandalorian. We appreciate having you along. Uh, for the ride uh, whether we see you next year for Mandalorian or much much sooner whenever we see you until then I'm Aaron and I'm Jim see ya see ya